Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 103 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, we continue our divisional breakdown series for 2019 fantasy football, diving into the NFC North and the AFC North. Quick announcement before we get going today. We have officially opened submissions for our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League and are accepting listeners to our 12-team full PPR league. If you're interested in joining us, please shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK Pod or send us an email at tckpod at gmail.com and drop the hashtag TCKPodLL, that's T-C-K-P-O-D-L-L, with one thing that you appreciate about the podcast and one thing I can work on moving forward. That will enter you into a chance to be included into our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League and chosen participants will be announced over the next few weeks leading up to draft season. The draft itself won't be until late August, so we have plenty of time, but enough business. Let's talk some football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, let's start with the NFC North. We got the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, and the Detroit Lions. We'll start with the Vikings. At quarterback, Kirk Cousins, 20th quarterback off the board right now going in the 13th round. I'm fading him personally. I'm not sure that he's going to be able to maintain. I know that he throws for 4,000 yards every season. I know that he's good for nearly 30 touchdowns every season. I know that he's got two of the best receivers in the game. Dalvin Cook, I get it. I'm worried about it. In the back half of the season, when they went to Kevin Stefanski and got rid of uh, Mike DiFilippo, who went over to Jacksonville, Kirk Cousins significantly dropped in his output, and Dalvin Cook picked up and spiked. I love Dalvin Cook. I'll get to him in a second. But Kirk Cousins dropped significantly once DiFilippo left. Play calling is going to be more run base in Minnesota, so I'm fading Kirk Cousins a little bit. However, if you're in a two-quarterback league like I've been saying or you want to get um, somebody with upside on that, that um, you know, with the ability to have those weapons and digs and Thielen and everything else, Cousins isn't terrible. I'm just personally not super stoked on him. Now, Dalvin Cook, on the other hand, going in the second round, middle of the second round, depending on your draft, Uh, I could argue that he could maybe go in the back of the first round, definitely the middle of the second round. Love him where he's going. We haven't even seen his ceiling yet. He's an absolute beast. If he stays healthy, he'll be a top upper echelon running back one. Honestly, he he has top five upside for sure if he can stay healthy, but that, of course, has been the issue. So I'm a little bit concerned about it, but at the same time, he is a guy, whereas I might be a little bit more worried about, say, a Leonard Fournette because of the injury history, um, different injury history here. So Dalvin Cook is two years removed from his ACL. He had hamstring issues last year, which is pretty common for people coming off of a torn ACL. So 
everything getting healed up in his, in his third year here, I think he's going to be great. Um, and again, they're going to be a run-based offense in Minnesota, so I like Dalvin Cook a lot. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Thielen going 10 picks higher as the first pick in the third round. Diggs going as the 11th pick in the third round. I like them both a lot, but I actually have Diggs ranked higher than Thielen. Um, Thielen started off as one of the hottest receivers in the NFL last year um, with eight consecutive 100-yard games. He was absolutely on fire. Him and Michael Thomas were kind of neck and neck the entire first half of the season, just absolutely blowing everyone else out of the water. But in the second half of the season, a couple of little injuries, um, but also just play calling in general and preference. Stephon Diggs kind of took over that lead role. I think that's going to continue into this year, and I think Diggs is just an overall better receiver. So it kind of comes down for me. It's going to be Thielen is going to get more, probably more targets overall, more receptions. But I think Diggs gets more yards and touchdowns. Therefore, I think he has a better fantasy output. So I love them both. Can't go wrong with either one of them. I'm happy to have either Thielen or Diggs in the third round, um, maybe even the fourth round with Diggs. But if I had to choose one of them, I'm probably going to uh, go with Diggs uh, for the floor and the upside, um, whereas Thielen I just think has a really, really sturdy floor. And I think we saw the absolute peak of his ability last year. Tight end Kyle Rudolph, 13th round, not stoked on him, hasn't really shown much. I know he's got the ability. Um, He always has been, but they did draft Irv Smith Jr. And Kyle Rudolph kind of had made mentions that he wanted out of Minnesota if they weren't going to pay him. Um, it seems like everything has settled in, but it's just not copacetic there. Um, at the tight end position, you could do worse than Kyle Rudolph, who's going to have a couple of nice games, but you know, he's kind of similar to Vance McDonald, uh, who I'll get to later on. Um, and that he's going to have some nice games, uh, maybe two touchdown upside every once in a while, but he's just has a pretty low floor as well. So I don't like that in my, in my tight ends. Let's go on to the Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky going as the 22nd quarterback off of the board. I would rather have Trubisky over Cousins. Trubisky's going about 10 picks later, but I'd rather have Trubisky with the rushing upside. I think he's going to be a better uh, throwing quarterback this year as well. And last year, coming into the season, he had a brand new receiving core. Like literally every receiver uh, from last year. Um, was new from the year before that. So I think Trubisky settles into one more year with uh, Matt Nagy. They also bring in David Montgomery and get rid of Jordan Howard. So they're going to be kind of more potent in the offensive game as well. I like that a lot. They bring in Mike Davis too, who's not super sexy, but he's another ability, you know, able-bodied um, receiving running back there. And we know Tariq Cohen is one of the most versatile running backs in the game. <clears throat> I'm not super crazy about Tariq Cohen personally as far as his own asset, but I do like all of those weapons, uh, plus Allen Robinson, uh, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, um, Riley Ridley. I like all these guys to help out Mitch Trubisky uh, in general. So I like Trubisky. I've got him um, higher. He's actually in my in my kind of uh, uh, low teens. So I've got him a few spots higher than consensus, but I do like Trubisky if you're going to stream quarterbacks late or you are uh, in a two-quarterback lead uh, league, I think he is a great second quarterback to have with a lot of upside. Tariq Cohen, as I just mentioned, going in the back of the fifth round. Um, awesome in full PPR leagues. Otherwise, I don't want anything to do with him personally. And I think he got a lot of extra work last year that wasn't intentional because Jordan Howard was not able to be a uh, receiving running back. And I think that Matt Nagy really wanted Jordan Howard to be more than he was capable of doing last year. That's you know part of the reason they shipped him over to Philadelphia. But 
Tariq Cohen can make huge plays, of course. You know, he's similar to James White, but he's not going to get a ton of carries. So you're basically relying on strictly kind of passing down volume, which um, I just don't want to fully rely on. So in a PPR league, if he's your RB2 or a flex, I think you're doing great. Otherwise, I am not drafting Tariq Cohen in standard for sure. And even in half PPR, um, I'd want him to be kind of a, a, a flex or, or a second flex if I can help it. David Montgomery, on the other hand, the rookie, I'm all about it. Fourth round, um, I think that's a little bit high. I think the hype is getting uh, a little extra exciting. However, he does have the ability to be a middle, kind of middle RB1 if he gets the workload that Jordan Howard did last year, but he's much more efficient with it. And he's going to get those receiving abilities um, and the touchdowns in, in what should be a pretty potent offense for Chicago. So I like David Montgomery a lot. Uh, and then Mike Davis, you know, again, he's kind of just a, a deep, deep option. But if one of these guys were to go down, I think David Montgomery <clears throat> and Mike Davis are, are more closely similar backs. Um, but if Cohen were to go down, I think Montgomery would kind of take over the Cohen role-ish and Mike Davis would be more of a ground and pound guy. Um, but nonetheless, I'm not drafting Mike Davis. It's just a, a name to, to keep in mind because he did pretty well in uh, Seattle last year. The receivers, Allen Robinson, um, still waiting for him to uh, repeat even half of what he did in Jacksonville in 2015 when he went over 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. We haven't seen anything close since then. He's been injured uh, most of the time since then, and I'm just a little bit worried about that. So I'm not touching him in the seventh round personally. Um, Anthony Miller, on the other hand, in the 12th round, I'm all about that. I'm jumping all over Anthony Miller. I actually think Anthony Miller will have a better season than Allen Robinson when all said and done. Anthony Miller is an excellent route runner. Um, he was, I mean, basically playing with a separated shoulder and a broken foot all of last year, and he still had um, seven touchdowns. I think he's going to be just fine. Allen Robinson, he's a good receiver, but he's not um, seventh round capital and Anthony Miller, frankly, I don't think is 12th round capital. I think he's closer to, you know, eighth, ninth round. And I, I see these guys being real close at the end of the season. And I could see Anthony Miller actually outpacing Allen Robinson. Next up is Taylor Gabriel, who's kind of a, um, you know, kind of a multifaceted, uh, multi-trick pony. Um, last year we saw him do a lot, uh, kind of in the run game, kind of a Tyreek Hill, Esque in the way that they use him, um, which makes sense with Matt Nagy's offense. Um, but just kind of that scat back. So he's going to be in motion. He's going to be taking receive uh, uh, um, slant routes. He's going to be running deep. He's going to be running, um, you know, end arounds. Uh, he's going to be getting some rushing uh, options as well. He's just kind of an all over the field back. So, or excuse me, a receiver technically, but he plays all positions. I'm not drafting Taylor Gabriel if it's not a super deep league. Um, but again, another really uh, nice name to, to just keep in the fold in case anybody were to go down. And then Trey Burton, the tight end, going to the 13th round, really upsetting last year. Uh, there was a lot of hype, including me. I thought he was going to really break out. We saw him, the last thing we saw him do in 2017 was basically win the Super Bowl with a, uh, you know, being a part of the um, Philly special. But unfortunately, he didn't do much in Chicago after that. And um therefore his his uh, draft stock has plummeted this year back to the 13th round but if we're talking about Kyle Rudolph in the 13th round or Trey Burton going one pick in front of him or Jimmy Graham 
<clears throat> I'm loving Trey Burton. I think the upside is there. He's still young. He's got the athleticism. He did really well when they gave him the ball. He just didn't get a lot of attention last year. So I do like Trey Burton, but um, I'm probably just not going to wait that long on the tight end. Uh, but if I did, Trey Burton could be a name that late that I would go after. Aaron Rodgers as the third quarterback right now. He's going as the ninth pick in the fifth round. Um, Aaron Rodgers could be the number one quarterback in the league. With Tyreek coming back, uh, Mahomes will definitely have something to say that say about that. I have uh, Andrew Luck actually as my number one, and I just mentioned in a, in a previous podcast that I could see Deshaun Watson be the number one quarterback too. But we know very well Andrew uh, Andrew Aaron. Uh, Rodgers could certainly be a number one quarterback if they're able to pick things up in Green Bay. Moving on from Mike McCarthy, which I think is just going to be very refreshing for that locker room in general, and especially uh, Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur comes over from Tennessee, and I have a hunch that Aaron Rodgers is already the head coach there. So um, they should be putting up points uh, per usual in uh, Green Bay. I know that they're very frustrated over there, missing the playoffs the last two seasons, so I could see Aaron Rodgers trying to prove a point on purpose. So love me some Aaron Rodgers, and he's going in the fifth round right now, but I've seen him slip into the sixth round, and if he's hanging around the fifth or sixth round, I'm drafting him every single time. Um, Aaron Jones, running back, third round, love it. I could have him as a second-round pick. I'm actually considering keeping him in my uh, league of record. Um, I would have him actually in the ninth round uh, from last year. But um, nonetheless, Aaron Jones is a beast. He has the ability and the efficiency to be a number one, uh, you know, a, a running back one for sure, but also to be a top 10 back. And I think if this offense can stay healthy, Aaron Rodgers especially can stay healthy and that receiving core can be dangerous. I think it's going to open a lot of avenues. And we saw how well Eddie Lacy was able to play with this um team a few years ago and Aaron Jones is supremely more talented than Eddie Lacy and more efficient. Um, Jamal Williams is also there, but I'm not really worried about it. Of course, Jamal Williams will be a part of it. He's not a terrible back, but he's not as good as Aaron Jones. We've been waiting in the last two years for Green Bay to really set Aaron Jones free. And I think this will be the year. So I like Aaron Jones a lot. He's one of my favorite backs uh, in fantasy this year. And then the receivers are absolute animals. I mentioned in the Houston episode, uh, that I, I might like theirs overall number one is as the best uh, trifecta at receivers with uh, New Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki QT, but a very, very close uh, second or even a, a 1B would be the Green Bay receivers with uh, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. And then even on top of that, you have Equinemius St. Brown, Jamon Moore, uh, Kumaro. You have a handful of other options as well as the receivers there in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has already come out saying that he needs to get the ball more to Devontae Adams, which I think is absolutely insane, to be honest with you. Um, Devontae already, he should have been the number one receiver last year, but he only played 15 games where Nuke played 16, so he outpaced him a little bit. But um, Devontae Adams had more points per game. Uh, he had more touchdowns. Um, he would have had more yards as well if he were to play that 16th game. And Rodgers wants to get him the ball more, saying that uh, Devontae Adams is just that open. So if that's the case, I've been flirting with putting Devonta Adams as my number one receiver. Uh, I interviewed on the hundredth episode to celebrate the episode. I brought in Nick Ercolano of Big Dogs Fantasy Football um, to interview him. He's just a big uh, inspiration to me. 
Um, so I brought him on to just talk the business of, of football for about an hour, and then we talked some fantasy football for the second hour. So it's about a two-and-a-half-hour episode, but I highly recommend you dial back and check that out. I learned a ton about running the business, running an account, and building a brand in fantasy football. So if you're into that, check out episode 100 with Nick Ercolano of uh, Big Dogs Fantasy Football. Make sure you go follow him on all of his avenues, especially YouTube and podcast uh, and Twitter as well. But I bring it up because Nick – um, is really high on Devontae Adams. He actually made a bold prediction in that episode that Devontae Adams would have 50 more fantasy points than the next receiver this year. So 50 more fantasy points than the next receiver, which, of course, is quite the bold prediction. However, he's that high on, on Devontae Adams. And to be honest with it, um, the more and more I look into it, I, I'm not super hating it. And if Aaron Rodgers is serious, uh, we know how much he's loved Devontae Adams for years. And if he wants to get him more work, Holy shit, the sky's the limit. So Devontae Adams is a beast. Geronimo Allison, very efficient, very effective last year before he got hurt, but he did go down, um, and that gave way to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who should have been better with the amount of work that he got, uh, but he wasn't, wasn't very efficient. However, I think Geronimo and Valdez-Scantling coming back this year, I could see Valdez-Scantling on the outside. He's a better outside receiver, um, and they put Allison in the slot, which would be a huge Huge weapon core for Rodgers, and he could just pick apart all day if those three guys are healthy at the same time. So Adams in the first round, no-brainer. Allison's in the eighth, and Valdez-Scantling is in the ninth. Um, I'll take either one of those guys. I In all of my drafts, I will have one of, if not two, of these Green Bay Packers. I will have either Rodgers or Aaron Jones or Adams or Allison or Marcus Valdez-Scantling, but I will reach if I have to, but I'm going to have at least one of these guys on every single one of my teams. Um, I love the Green Bay offense in general, and I think that Aaron Rodgers is just that type of dude to come out and prove a point that he's pissed about how the things have gone, and, and he's got a kind of an ego check the last few years. So I think he's going to come out to prove a point this year, and I want a piece of that. So um, tight end, you know, Jimmy Graham in the 13th round, uh, I don't think he's terrible. Um, I know that Summy uh, of the Draft Room Podcast, who I interviewed for the tight end rankings episode, uh, likes Jimmy Graham quite a bit. I'm not super high on him personally. I just think he's kind of old and slow and broken at this point. But again, Aaron Rodgers' offense is Aaron Rodgers' offense. Um, And then there's Sternberger as well, a rookie they drafted. uh, So if you're in Dynasty Leagues or um, tight end premium uh, rookie leagues or anything like that, take a look at um, Sternberger as well for the tight ends for the Packers. Heading over to Detroit with the Lions, we have Matt Stafford going as the 24th quarterback, 14th round. Another guy that I'm not targeting by any means, but in a a two-quarterback league, Stafford could be a great second option. All these guys, honestly, all these quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, but Cousins, Trubisky, and Stafford I think are all great second quarterbacks in a two-quarterback league or a super flex league. So I like Stafford. I think they're going to run the shit out of the ball. So I don't think he's going to get his usual super high numbers and stuff like that, but we've seen him do it in the past. Kenny Galladay is a great weapon. Marvin Jones is back from health um, issues last year. I think Carryon Johnson is going to light the league on fire, to be honest, this year if he stays healthy. Um, love him. So Aaron, uh, or excuse me, um, Matt Stafford could definitely outperform his ADP at QB 24. Uh, I just don't see him routinely being, say, top 20. Um on a, on a week-to-week basis, and that's why I'm not going to target him. But again, if you need a second quarterback, uh, he definitely has some upside, and I think he's at a great uh, floor as well. To the running backs, carry on Johnson going as the last pick in the third round. Um, scoop carry on wherever you can. 
in the third and the fourth round. I think Carrion's going to have a great season last year. He had a great year last year before he got hurt. And actually, when he went down initially, it looked pretty gruesome. Or the injury wasn't didn't look super horrible, but his outlook looked pretty bad. Um, and then it kind of came out late in the season that the, you know the Lions weren't playing for anything pretty quickly in the season. But it came out that if they were in contention, that Carrion Johnson probably could have come back to play. Now he didn't. Um, but he could have come back to play. And I like to hear that. He's got a whole offseason. He's coming back now. They have a run first approach. He's the lead dog for sure. They did bring in CJ Anderson. They still have Theo Riddick, but I think Carrion Johnson, they're going to run the wheels off until he can't handle it. So if you grab Carrion Johnson, I would look at CJ Anderson as well. I think he's a great um, handcuff. And we saw what CJ Anderson could do last year with the Rams and before that with the uh, the Denver Broncos um, in Carolina when he got the opportunity. So CJ is a legit running back. He'll be fine. Theo Riddick, I'm not really drafting. He's just that, you know, that PPR specialist. But these days, he doesn't really have the burst he used to. So I'm kind of staying away from him. Wide receivers, Marvin Jones. Uh, like him a lot. He's going to the ninth round, which is just disrespect in my opinion. Um, he was a you know uh, RB two pretty much every week, but a borderline RB or excuse me wide receiver two pretty much every week and a borderline wide receiver one most weeks when he played last year um, until he got hurt and now he's going in the ninth round. So I think he's one of the the prime steals of the draft to be honest. And Kenny Galladay is a beast, but in the fourth round, I'm a little bit hesitant. This has nothing to do with Kenny Galladay, but this is just kind of um, a hesitancy to really trust the uh, Detroit passing game. I just mentioned with Stafford, I'm, I'm worried about all those numbers coming down, focusing on the run. I think that's going to affect Galladay. And frankly, when Marvin Jones is healthy, he is the first look in the red zone. So if Marvin Jones is getting the red zone looks and Kenny Galladay is not getting the amount of uh, attention necessary for a wide receiver you know, one or a, a, a wide receiver two in the fourth round, I think is a little bit rich. So unless you're in full PPR, I'm not exactly feeling uh, Kenny Galladay, to be perfectly honest. Um, however, you know, if he falls to the, maybe the fifth round or you're you're already stacked at a, at wide receiver and he becomes your third somehow, then awesome. Because, you know, sky's the limit for baby Tron, but I don't really want him as my RB or my uh, wide receiver one, that's for sure. Uh, Danny Amendola is there in that Tate spot. I just wanted to mention it. You're not going to draft Danny Amendola, but um, in that Tate slot, uh, you know the slot position where where uh, Golden Tate was in for quite a while, I think is a great um, just a, a mention to have there uh, for Matt Stafford. Um, I I don't think Danny Amendola is uh, Golden Tate ability at this point of his career, but uh, in that slot position, I think that's a great option there potentially. And then at the tight end, finally another rookie tight end going into the eleventh round, T.J. Hawkinson out of Iowa. Huge body, super athletic, one of the most athletic tight ends in this year's class. Um, again, it's a wide, it's a tight end as a rookie. I'm not super stoked on it, but at the same time, I think you could do worse late in drafts if you're looking for a tight end for some reason in, say, the 11th, 12th, 13th round. Uh, TJ Hawkinson could be that guy. We did see, um, see some signs of excitement from Eric Ebron over there, but it was never really consistent. However, Matt Patricia and company, they got half of the New England staff over there in Detroit now, and we uh, we know how the tight ends did in New England the last handful of years. So TJ Hawkinson is definitely a great dynasty pick um, maybe even a keeper option if you have that because I think moving forward he's going to be great but as a rookie it's going to be tough tight ends one of the toughest positions as a rookie to figure out because they have to do blocking assignments as well as the route tree 
And that can be a lot for uh, a kid coming into the NFL and, and working at game speed. So I don't know that it happens this year for TJ Hawkinson, but I do like him moving forward for the Lions. Okay, before we get into the rest of the episode, let's take a quick break here. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like us and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, or drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave a rate and review on the podcast. It always helps us to get your feedback. And before we get into the AFC North, Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, let's get into the AFC North. That's the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, and the Cincinnati Bungles. We'll start in Cleveland. All the hype in the fantasy football world and the NFL world, frankly, resides in Cleveland, believe it or not. Now, if you've been paying to fantasy football uh, proper attention over the last few months, and if you've been watching SportsCenter and you're in the know, then it's really no surprise that that uh, Cleveland has gotten all the hype with all the transitions. However, if for some reason um, you've been under a rock or this is your first uh, fantasy podcast episode you've heard all offseason you haven't been paying attention you've been in basketball world hockey world baseball whatever and you're here with us now the browns have turned a new leaf for sure they're a very exciting team super stoked to see what they got coming up here in cleveland let's start with the quarterback baker mayfield they're going to live and die by the baker mayfield gunslinger brett Favre-esque. love the attitude i love the confidence um baker's the real deal one of my favorite players in the league and He's going as the fifth quarterback right now off the board in the sixth round. Whoo! I love Baker Mayfield, but that is hot. Um, you're basically drafting him at his ceiling, I think, uh, just with the other four quarterbacks, Luck, Rodgers, Watson, and Mahomes above him. I don't see him you know, surpassing those guys per se, but as the fifth quarterback off the board, I think that's that's pretty steamy there uh, for Baker Mayfield. So if you happen to draft him that high, I would grab somebody like Lamar Jackson or D- uh, Dak Prescott or, um, 
I don't know, uh, Trubisky or Sam Darnold even uh, deep late uh, just in case um, because if that fades off, that'll that'll be a, a tough burn. But I do love Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to be very, very effective with his new weapons. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. now in Cleveland, of course. Uh, I think he'll be great with that. They also have Kareem Hunt, who's riding the pine for the first eight weeks. But he may or may not be a factor coming in the second half of the season. But nonetheless, he's another weapon option. So I like that. And at running back, love Nick Chubb. Love, love, love Nick Chubb. Um, very efficient. Uh, one of the best runners in the league uh, once he got the full tilt last year. And uh, Carlos Hyde was traded to Jacksonville. Um, he's going in the middle of the second round, which I think is you know, probably a proper spot for him uh, ADP-wise. But again, um, just a little bit of risk only because we're not a hundred percent sure what the Browns are going to be. And I don't want to, I don't want to get on the hype train too heavy yet because we want to see all this happen, but the Browns turned it around significantly last year once Baker took over and they seem to have a really good mojo, really a different vibe with them in general in Cleveland. So I like Baker. I like Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, kind of a, kind of a weird situation right now in Cleveland. Um, the team is, uh, in play, you know, money negotiations with them. Baker Mayfield brought up his contract in the public, which is just not a good move. You don't talk about another person's money, especially in public, but that rubbed Duke Johnson wrong, of course. Um, and then the team is just kind of not in cahoots with Duke Johnson either. So I personally think that Duke Johnson, if not preseason, I think Duke Johnson is going to get traded at the uh, before the deadline midseason. So if he were to go to a team like, uh, I don't know, Tampa Bay or something, I think Duke Johnson could actually be an every down back. He's always been a scat back in Cleveland, like kind of just that PPR guy. But I think he does have the ability to be a legit running back, um, uh, you know, handling first and second down workload. So I like Duke Johnson a lot, but his situation in Cleveland right now is very hairy, staying away from him. And Kareem Hunt, as I mentioned, he's going in the eighth round right now. That's ridiculous. Don't draft Kareem Hunt in the fucking eighth round. All right. Even if you have Chubb, here's the deal. Kareem Hunt is suspended for the first eight games. Okay. And they have a bye week. So Kareem Hunt can't even practice with the team for nine weeks once the season starts. All right. Then he's got to come back and be healthy. He's got to be in game shape and he's got to get a full workload for him to come close to warranting an eighth round draft pick. All right. If Nick Chubb is hurt, then that's a whole nother discussion. If Nick Chubb is healthy and crushing it, like I think he will be and he did last year, Kareem Hunt is going to be a second fiddle max. I think what's going to happen here is that Duke Johnson is going to get traded halfway through the season just as Kareem Hunt comes off the bench, and Kareem Hunt is going to basically be the Duke Johnson of this offense with some more rushing ability as well. So Duke Johnson and Kareem Hunt are not going to play at the same time, I don't think, for this offense. Nick Chubb should be the number one back the whole time. If they don't do that, they're idiots. But they probably will do that. So I think it's going to be Chubb and Duke Johnson for the first half of the year and then Chubb and Hunt for the second half of the year. <laughs> but unless you have a really deep bench and you can start stashing guys, I would not pick Kareem Hunt in the uh, first um, fuck, 10 rounds probably. Um, just because, again, he's riding on your bench. And, and in the NFL, he comes back midway through the season. Okay, They play 16 games. For fantasy football, we only play 13 if, you're fan if your league's doing it right. Okay? So we play 13 games. He's out for nine of those, nine of those weeks. All right, that's an issue. He only comes back for four of those and then the playoffs, and that's just too much risk for me. So, um, you know, Kareem Hunt as a football player, uh, I think is a great athlete. But, again, I'm not spending 
more or earlier than the 10th round pick on him uh, regardless. Let's get into the receivers for the Browns. Odo Beckham um, back. If he can stay healthy, he's you know a top three receiver in this league all the time. He is when he's healthy all the time. He goes from Eli Manning to Baker Mayfield. And fucking Baker just came out and he basically blasted the uh, Giants fan base for uh, you know, basically saying that now Odell Beckham gets to play in front of a fan base who's actually going to come out to every game and actually going to root for him and appreciate what he does. And, you know, kind of didn't call out the Giants fans by name, but kind of po- poking a finger there that uh, potentially he was um, giving them some shit. Nonetheless, looks like Baker and OBJ are already BFFs, which is great. Um, so Odell Beckham should crush this year. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a monster. Jarvis Landry in the fifth round, no thank you. Um, he's a great NFL receiver. He's very, very talented. Him and Odell played college football together at LSU. They are now teammates at uh, Cleveland. They wanted to make that happen. They made it happen, and I'm stoked as a football team. This is a great move for the Browns, and Landry and Odell Beckham are going to be animals. But for fantasy football, in the fifth round, I do not want Jarvis Landry. Uh, He's not going to catch touchdowns, never has in his career. He doesn't catch them very much, okay? He's Julian Edelman, basically, with – um, less uh, reliability, I think. Um, all these targets are going to go to Odell. A lot of them are going to go go to Njoku as well. Uh, Antonio Callaway um, uh, and Higgins are also wide receivers down the down the sidelines. So over the middle, sure, he's going to get enough. But let's not forget that these running backs can all catch. Odell's going to get a, a huge target share. Callaway, Higgins, and Njoku are also going to get shares. I don't think this is good news for Landry in the fifth round. It's way too high for me without catching the touchdowns. He's going to need a hundred plus receptions and a thousand plus yards. I don't think he gets either of those. Um, and I don't think he surpasses six touchdowns. So for me, Landry is way farther back. He's probably more of like a seventh round pick for me. Um, Callaway and Higgins are just, you know, deeper, deeper names to keep an eye on in, in, uh, in real deep leagues or best ball in best ball. They would be great. Um, cause they're both going to, you know, have great games, but just probably not consistency. And then David Njoku is one of my favorite tight ends in the league, one of the most athletic in the league. We'll just see what he actually can do uh, this year. He kind of broke out last year. Um, I, I expect him to do more so with this offense, but again, that everything's going to run through Odell and Chubb. So uh, Njoku is going to have to kind of wait in line, but he's going in the eighth round. I like that a lot, one of those middle tier um, tight ends. And actually, uh, uh, just to sneak ahead, and Joku, Vance McDonald, and um, Andrews, uh, Mark Andrews, are all kind of nice middle to late tight ends that I'm liking here in this division. Let's go into Pittsburgh for the Steelers. Big Ben, QB 16, 11, uh, 11th round. He's another guy. I mean, he's he's down there with Philip Rivers and things. And uh, Big Ben was number two last year, depending on your format. Led the league in uh, pass attempts last year, uh, over 5,000 yards. Um, and if Mahomes wasn't out of his mind last year, we would have been talking about Big Ben as the best quarterback uh, statistically last year. However, of course, he loses Antonio Brown. Um, I don't like that uh, at all, of course. Um, anytime you lose a player of the caliber of Antonio Brown, that's not a, a plus. However, I think Big Ben will be just fine with Juju, James Washington, and Dante Moncrief. So if you're having to find a quarterback in the the 10th to 15th round um you can go do that but uh basically i'm looking at um big ben 
is probably not going to find his way onto my roster because his efficiency was super high last year. But a lot of that had to do with um, yards after catch from Antonio Brown and Juju Schuster. That's all going to come down, I think, this year. So I'm going to fade Big Ben just a little bit. Now, James Conner is going as the first pick in the second round. And I have mixed feelings about this a little bit. Now, there's been talk that uh, um, Samuel and Snell could be spelling him in the pass game and the work share. Connor kind of faded down the stretch. Of course, he's recovering from Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer um, a couple years ago. Uh, he stepped in very admirably for Le'Veon Bell last year when when uh, Lev sat out. He did an excellent job. He actually outpaced Le'Veon Bell in a, a lot of statistics. Um, he had more touchdowns than Lev's ever had, uh, more fantasy points, all these other things. Um, he had more fantasy points last year than Le'Veon Bell has averaged uh, as a stealer. So James Conner is great, and I think he's going to be awesome. First pick in the second round I think is a little bit too high. I'd rather have him in like the middle to late second round. But if he's healthy and he gets the, uh, for sure, lion's share of the workload, he'll be just fine, and he will be an RB1, no doubt about it. Now, um, Jalen Samuel and Benny Snell, the rookie, um, who I think will just be kind of third down backs and PPR pass catching backs. Samuel is essentially a convert. Well, he is literally a converted tight end from college, uh, but he's a great pass catcher. So that might spell a little bit from Connor, but he did pretty well in the pass game. And then Snell, I think, is an, is an awesome option that I think they're going to throw in there uh, to give Connor a few less carries because he uh, got kind of beat up down the stretch last year and they want to keep him fresh and effective for hopefully uh, the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Steelers who um, just got uh, edged out last year. Next up, we have Juju Schmitz-Schuster, who is one of my favorite receivers in the league. He's going as the third pick in the second round. Love that. I wouldn't even argue if you took him in the back of the first round. Um, to say that he's going to automatically be Antonio Brown is ridiculous, so I'm not going to do that. But I think he's going to be, you know, similar. Um, Juju would have outpaced Antonio Brown in pretty much every single category last year, uh, but Antonio Brown got 15 touchdowns. And um, if Juju were to get double-digit touchdowns, he'll have Antonio Brown numbers. Uh, Nick Urcolano of Big Dogs Fantasy had a, a wild stat uh, that was essentially Juju Schuster has been tackled inside the five-yard line – or excuse me, inside the two-yard line five times last year. So he had uh, five separate occasions where he was tackled inside the two-yard line um, where he could have scored. Now those touchdowns inevitably went to Antonio Brown or James Conner, but if uh, Juju were to get those five touchdowns, then he almost doubles up Antonio Brown, and we're talking about Juju – uh, as easily the number one receiver instead of um, Antonio Brown. So I love Juju Smith-Schuster. Excellent after the catch. He'll be just fine. He'll be a target monster, and we'll just see how he takes on that number one role. Love James Washington as well. Tenth round, he's a great kind of uh, just dart throw. And then Dante Moncrief, let's not forget about him. I don't think he's going to be amazing, but he is a great possession receiver, and he's going to be awesome in the red zone as well. So James Washington and Dante Moncrief are two names that I'd like to have in deeper leagues. Um to get a piece of this uh, offense, the Big Ben. And then, of course, Vance McDonald, last pick of the seventh round. Um, not super sexy, but I do like him. He's got upside. We saw the stiff arm against Tampa Bay last year. Uh, we know that he's got the athletic abilities, but he's had a hard time staying healthy. But if he does stay healthy uh, and they get him the proper work, he can be um, one of the top 10 
uh, tight ends in the league for sure uh, in this offense. And if he were to, you know, get say eight touchdowns and maybe, you know, 60, 60 catches um, and maybe 800 yards, uh, he's going to be a huge asset uh, there for your fantasy team. So don't sleep on Vance McDonald. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league, but not for his arm. Uh, it's for his legs. A lot of people refer to him as a running back, which, you know, is, I get it. It's kind of a tongue in cheek thing. Um, but until he really t- shows everybody that he can throw the ball um, to a Heisman level, uh, which he won at Louisville, then people are going to still kind of hold that over him that he's not an NFL quarterback. He's a running back playing the quarterback position. And they compare him to Mike Vick. The thing is, Mike Vick was a good quarterback. He could fucking throw the ball down the field. Kyler Murray can throw the ball down the field. They're not just runners. Um, so Lamar Jackson, I like a lot. He's going as the 19th quarterback, 12th round. He's a great second quarterback, just like most of these guys I've been talking about. Um, but I don't know that I want him as my QB one in a QB in a one QB league, uh, just because I don't want to rely on just those rushing numbers because if they're stacking the box, yeah, he'll have a lot of attempts and I'm sure he'll break some big runs and have touchdowns and he'll get his numbers running, but he's not a surprise anymore. Everyone knows what's up. NFL defenses are going to key him. And if he can't throw the ball 20, 30 yards down the field with consistency, they're frankly just not going to play him that way. And their receivers aren't super intimidating anyway. So a little bit worried about the uh, Ravens uh, offense taking a step back in general and Lamar Jackson um, specifically. Mark Ingram comes over from uh, New Orleans. He's the new starting running back for the Ravens. He's going in the fourth round. I think that's pretty fair. Um, we saw what he was able to do with Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees with the Saints for the last couple of years. He's an RB1 for sure. Uh, when he gets the opportunity, he does have a skill. He can catch the ball. He can get a goal line touchdown, um, and he can break a big run. The big difference is here, he's just going to get a shit ton of work. I think he and Lamar Jackson are going to get a ton of carries and volume, and that will help kind of stabilize Mark Ingram. But we'll see how good he actually is. Once he leaves that Sean Payton offense and, the, and that kind of nest of Drew Brees' offense, um, you know, who's able to keep the safeties and linebackers deep because of his throwing ability, Lamar Jackson does not. So if they're packing the box with eight dudes, um, what's Mark Ingram going to actually be able to do? That's going to be that's going to be interesting. So I think a fourth round pick is fair for Mark Ingram. Uh, Gus Edwards is still there, and Justice Hill, the rookie out of the twelfth round, he has four four speed, the fastest uh, running back at the combine this year. I think is an interesting name to also keep in mind there. So a lot going on. Um, maybe get a piece of that rushing attack there for the uh, for the Ravens, especially in um, standard leagues. Now the receivers, they're not much for fantasy football, but I'm going to talk about their names real quick so you can keep in mind. Marquise Brown is a rookie. Um, he uh, he comes in, I mean, I guess he's the number one receiver because I don't really have anybody else. Um, but again, I'm not super stoked on any of these guys because of Lamar Jackson's limitations as of right now. But Marquise Brown is the rookie receiver. Chris Moore and Miles Boykin uh, are also there. And then Willie Sneed, who's the veteran, um, but he's been up and down in his career too. So not really excited about the pass-catching weapons in Baltimore, except for uh, Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, if Hayden Hurst can get healthy, are both good options. Mark Andrews is going in the 14th round. He's another late tight end that you can potentially you know, keep an eye on and see uh, what's up. Uh, once Hayden Hurst went down last year, Mark Andrews did step up pretty admirably uh, in his position and and fill in for that tight end position. So I think Mark Andrews is a nice um, a nice pick there and uh, could help 
help Lamar Jackson over the middle and things. And we know that the uh, Baltimore Ravens love their tight ends as a, as a, um, a scheme in general there. Let's move on to Cincinnati for the last pick uh, or the last team rather of this episode. Um, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals slash Bungles. Um, man, one of the most perplexing teams every single season. You don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get bad Andy, average Andy, um, Andy Dalton, the quarterback? He got hurt halfway through the season last year, and they kind of went through the shitter after that. But they got rid of Marvin Lewis finally after way too many seasons. They bring in Zach Taylor from uh, Los Angeles, who was the quarterback coach for Sean McVay and the Rams. Um, so that's definitely just a, a in general, I think, like just like the Packers getting rid of the old school approach with Mike McCarthy. Um, I think getting new blood with the Bengals is going to help them tremendously. So I like that pick a lot. It's just a matter of can Andy Dalton actually do anything with it? Um, Joe Mixon in the second round, love him. Um, honestly, there's been – unfortunately, the, the Bengals have already lost two of their young offensive linemen, which is a real bummer. Um, so that's going to affect the entire offense and especially Joe Mixon. But talent alone and game script and everything else, I just feel like – Joe Mixon still warrants a second round pick. I don't, I'm not going to get crazy and, and completely eliminate him from my, you know, top uh, 10 running backs um, as long as he stays healthy personally. So I love Joe Mixon as a dual threat running back. He led the AFC in rushing in only 14 games last year. He can catch the ball very well. So don't, don't get too sleepy on Joe Mixon, but keep in mind that Gio Bernard, who was hurt a lot of last year is still there. And they were saying that they want to get Gio Bernard involved more often this year, maybe to take off some workload from Joe Mixon so he doesn't get hurt. So keep an eye on Gio Bernard, who, you know, he's not really a starter in the NFL anymore, barring an injury. However, we've seen over the years that when he gets his opportunity and he's able to step in, he can catch balls very well. Um, he can run through the tackles. He, you know, scores plenty of touchdowns. And he can be, you know, if Joe Mixon were to go down, Joe uh, Bernard is an RB2 minimum every single week, probably an RB1 with his uh, receiving ability. So keep an eye there. And then uh, Travion and Rodney um, are two other uh, you know, rookie running backs for the Bengals, but um, those are only in dynasty and, and rookie drafts. For the receivers, my man A.J. Green uh, coming off a, a gnarly foot injury that, that really just plagued him all of last season and eventually took him out. He's going in the middle of the third round right now, which has been the best draft stock for A.J. Green, maybe in his entire career in fantasy football. I love A.J. Green. I know he's injured. He might play one game and and re, you know, injure his foot and be done for the year, and that would fucking hurt your team big time. But in my opinion, worth the risk. I think he's going to be great. Um, and I think, you know, Andy Dalton loves him, obviously. A.J. Green is one of the – one of the best pure receivers in the league. He's a deep threat. He's a threat over the middle. He's a threat down the sideline. He's a red zone threat. He's a possession guy. Um, he can make a big play. I mean, he really can do it all. I love AJ Green a lot. He's going in the third round. Uh, for me, that's a steal. Um, if there's not other guys around there, like a big running back or one of the top tight ends, um, I'm probably gonna uh, probably gonna target AJ Green in that area. And then his um, counterpart Tyler Boyd in the sixth round. I think that's a little bit. Um, high for Tyler Boyd personally, but Tyler Boyd did play better with AJ Green on the field last year, which is interesting. So if they're both healthy, Tyler Boyd is probably going to be real solid. And if that's the case, then he'll outperform his six round ADP. But just as an individual, I don't, I don't think Tyler Boyd's that amazing to be honest. Um, he's he's solid and he was effective. Um, and I know that. Uh, 
you know, I know that he put up good numbers with AJ Green on the field, but again, I'm a little bit worried if AJ Green were to go down again, if um, Tyler Boyd could really be that number one receiver uh, for um, an offense with uh, with Andy Dalton. So I'm not hating on AJ or uh, Tyler Boyd, but in the sixth round, there's some other options there that that I would probably rather have. At the tight end position, not much to see here, but I do want to mention Tyler Eifert is still in the league, believe it or not, um, and he will be trying to play this season. Uh, if he's active and if he's out there, he's worth a streaming look just because he's got the upside, but he has been absolutely destroyed by uh, injuries, and he is definitely not draftable because you just can't count on him being your every week tight end. But if he plays um, in a week, uh, then he's streamable absolutely for the upside alone. And then uh, CJ Ozama, of course, uh, still around there as well um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's get into my all NFC North team. And that is Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones at running back, uh, Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs as my receivers, Diggs over Thielen. And Burton as my tight end, and I got Thielen, Carrion, Johnson, and Galladay as my flex positions with the Bears defense. And my all AFC North team at quarterback, I have Baker Mayfield. Running backs, I have Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb. Receivers, Juju and Odell Beckham. And my tight end is uh, David and Joku. And my flex would be um, AJ Green and. Uh, Connor, and I will take the Ravens defense. That'll do it for this episode. Reminder that if you're interested in being included in the TCK Pod Listener League, be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod with the hashtag tckpodll. That's tckpodll. And you'll be entered in for a chance to gain entrance into our TCK Pod Listener League. It'll be a 12-team full PPR. You can also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod and Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page. If you've gained any value from this episode, please give us a rate and review on the podcast and a like and a follow on our social medias. It really does mean the world to me. And make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Scott Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.